Thank you, Laura, Beth, Josh, and others who work so hard to help make our kids uh, not only have a good time, but to learn the things of the Lord. In fact, let me just say, as we begin December today, can you believe it's December? Wow. It went by in a hurry, didn't it, Jim? You know, it seems when you get older that things go by so fast. Let me tell you what I started this morning. Just uh, I, I believe the Holy Spirit gave this idea to me. Uh, and so, because being December 1st, uh, I just thought... I need to do a, a daily devotional, a countdown to Christmas daily devotional. So this morning, I actually videoed seven daily devotionals. And how you can access them is by my Facebook page or by email. I'm going to, if you're, uh, if you're on our church-wide email, I'll send you every day. Now, it's just for 25 days. Don't panic. Some of you never check your email anymore anyway. I know that to be true. So, uh, but if you'd like to access, it's only about a one and a half to two minute devotional about Christmas, keeping us connected to Christmas. So I began this morning and as I, I filmed three or four of them just with my laptop really quick, I just felt this is right. And now let me show you the power of this, especially if you're a Facebooker. Uh, this morning I posted the first one uh, and then I put a little comment down there, just hit share. Now, some of you have hundreds and even maybe thousands of friends who need to connect with the Christ of Christmas in a way that they never have. If you simply share it, they don't have to watch it, but they might. If they come by your Facebook page, they just might. So every day for the next 25 days, you're going to be able to have access to Countdown to Christmas uh, uh, Daily Devotional. Uh, and I've already done seven. And so I'm getting ahead of the game. Tonight I got so excited. I made, or today I got so excited. I may do seven more tonight, uh, and just get ahead of the game and get it done. Uh, so, so you access that, especially by Facebook, and you just hit share. You just never know what God might do, uh, through the, the medium of, of, of the internet or just a little video clip. So, uh, countdown to Christmas daily devotional. So, and, and today I'm, man, I'm, seem like Beverly and I are a little bit ahead of ourselves than, more so than normal when it comes to Christmas and buying Christmas gifts. My wife got so excited buying Christmas gifts for the grandkids. I don't think there's anything left over for me, uh, but that's okay. That's the way those, those grandkids are. And so we're ahead of the game and I want to be kind of ahead of the game with you this morning. And I want to begin a series called For Unto Us. Embracing the Christ of Christmas. Unto us, for unto us, embracing the Christ of Christmas. Turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, a prophetic insight into the coming of the Christ. And so as you're turning there, let's just pray and let's ask God to speak to us this morning and help us be able through the medium of the word of God to embrace the Christ of Christmas today in our hearts in a greater way than ever before. Father, thank you today for your word. Lord, your word is, as we know, living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and has the capacity to pierce deep within our hearts and change our lives. I want you right now to just lay your hand on your heart and say, Lord, change me by the power of your word today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9, a prophetic insight to the coming of the Christ. You've heard it, read it, and probably uh, uh, in some way maybe have seen it on a Christmas card. Uh, but the prophet Isaiah saw into the future by the inspiration of the Spirit of God, and he wrote this in verse 6. 
He said, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. And upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice and with, pardon me, with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And everyone said, Amen. We're going to camp out here for the next four Sundays, and I want to encourage you to be here, if at all possible, every Sunday in December. Because I promise you something, as you uh, as you remain faithful to God and His Word and to the church, God and His Word will be faithful to you. And you will be able to embrace the Christ of Christmas in a way that you may have never experienced him before. And as we said, we're counting down with our daily devotional. How many of you, when you were young, you said things like this, I just can't wait till Christmas. Man, you were so excited. You know what my dad, he was the great spoiler. You know what he would say? You're going to have to, son. You know, and, and that's really true. But let's begin today. Let's plug in. Let's connect with the Christ of Christmas. Now, uh, if you go to Luke chapter 2, verse 12, the angelic declaration to the, to the, uh, the shepherds. Now, I love this as well, but it, because it has a common theme. What the angel said, uh, to the shepherds has, has a lot of common theme. In fact, when you go back and look what the, what, uh, Joseph, heard in his dream and what he saw in his dream, what Mary heard from the angel and what the prophet Isaiah uh, uh, saw and what he spoke and what, what Luke recorded. They all have a, have a common theme. But I want you to see this in Luke chapter 2, verse 12. It says this. This is what the angel said. Let's look in verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in the swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, how many of you appreciate that? Amen. But look back in verse 9 uh, or verse 10. He said, don't be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall what? Be to all the people. Amen. Everyone say, to all the people. Now, go back down to verse 11. For unto you. Everyone say, for unto you. Now, Jesus Christ came for us. And that first Christmas gift, the Christ to the world, was for you. Everyone say, for unto me. Look at your neighbor, for unto us. Tell somebody, for unto us, a child was born. Now think about that this morning. That's the first Christmas gift. That's the, that's what you and I have got to really embrace. It's, it's really, uh, uh, you know, we love all the things of Christmas. I love buying gifts for others. I tell you, but it's not about others. It's about Him. And the first Christmas morning was about us. God so loved who? The world. That's us. And so what I want to do for the next three or now four Sundays, counting today, I want us to understand and embrace the Christ of Christmas in a way we never have and realize this is for us. And all that came, in fact, we're going to be looking at Isaiah 9, 6, and 7 
His name shall be called Wonderful. Now, I, I can't wait. I'm not going to get into next week, but I can't wait to get to next week. I'll just throw this out to you. Uh, the, everyone say Wonderful. Everyone say Counselor. Now, some translations, some theologians believe it's not two separate names, but one, Wonderful Counselor. Uh, we're going to look at it both ways, but I love the word Wonderful. You know what it means? Miraculous. Who? His name shall be called a miracle. He's a miracle. How many of you know that first Christmas morning was a miracle? And as we realize and we began to glean all that Christmas has for us, we'll be able to tap into the miraculous power of the Christ. Whew, I want, how many of you would love to see God do miracles in and through your life? His name shall be called a miracle. He's, he's just miraculous. And not only is he miraculous and was his birth miraculous, he's a God and a, and a man and God's son, one of many miracles. And I believe this holiday season, I'm just going to be prophetic here. I'm just kind of stepping out. I believe this, I believe this month, God wants to do some miraculous things in and through your life. And next Sunday, we'll talk about that. And then we'll look at, hey, his name shall be called Mighty God. Now, there's a lot there, too. Uh, that's, a, that's a powerful, all-authoritative warrior in your behalf. His name shall be called Everlasting. In fact, I heard a quote from a sheriff in Plainview, Texas, here a while back, said this. He said, I have never, this is just what he said, I have never in all my years of law enforcement ever arrested anyone who had a healthy father figure in their life. Did you get that? I'm just quoting what he said. And so, hey, guess what Jesus came to be? Everlasting eternal father. How many of you know he can fix your father and daddy issues in your life? He really can. Wow, we've got a heavenly father. In fact, I'm, I'll tell you a story about how God touched my life in Wisconsin when I was supposed to be the special speaker and giving the invitation. I gave the invitation. All of a sudden, I realized God was speaking to me and I got down on my knees. And you know what I realized? Oh, Pastor Sam, he had some daddy issues. And I realized, and, and, and you know what God said to me? I'll be a father to the fatherless. Now get up. Okay, yes, sir. Amen. So we'll talk about that. And, and we'll embrace him in a whole new way. And then I love the last one. He's the Prince of Peace. How many of you know he is our peace? Oh, there's a lot we can talk about. Are you ready? Amen. So that's where we're headed. But I want you to know, hey, let's embrace the Christ of Christmas today. And I want to introduce this by just going through some of the, the key characters or the key players in this first Christmas morning and how they embrace the Christ of Christmas. And, and, you know, of course, we've got to think about Mary. How did Mary embrace the Christ of Christmas? Now, I love the story of Mary. In fact, uh, the last couple of Christmases, uh, as I looked to Mary, I realized something about Mary. We used, I used to just have this concept she was just a little kind of you know pardon me if you're a catholic here you're going to really probably be offended but my perception of mary was a little teenage kind of a girl who just really was kind of living her life and all of a sudden out of the clear blue the angel gabriel showed up in her life and said you're going to give birth to the christ but as i realized something about her life uh, it says when the angel came and visited her it wasn't a dream the angel visited her and told her what was about to happen and the bible says she was troubled at his saying because she couldn't figure out how that was going to happen. Now, she was not at all troubled 
that she was talking to an angel. That says something about Mary. And when you read her song after she went to Elizabeth in, in the next chapter, uh, you see she had a depth of, of insight of, about God and, and his, his word in her life. I have a sneaking suspicion the reason Mary found favor in the eyes of the Lord and the sight of God is because she walked with God in a way that not many other people did. So much so that angels showing up in her life was no out of the ordinary kind of thing. Everybody go, wowzers. This lady was spiritual. And so, you know the story how God uh, uh, visited her by way of an angel and, and, and he tells her that she's going to conceive of a, of a, by the Holy Spirit. And she says, how can this thing be? Beings, I do not know a man. That's down in verse 34. And she says, and the angel says, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. And then, and, and then he, then he tells that Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age. And this is how the sixth, uh, is now in the sixth month for her who is called, uh, barren. For with God, everyone say, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, everyone say, then Mary said. In other words, here's the conclusion of this angelic experience. Behold the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to, let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed. And my friend, that's where I believe the Holy Spirit went. And she conceived of the Christ child. When she said, be it unto me according to your word. You know what? You know how Mary embraced the Christ? By faith. Mary embraced the Christ by faith. Now, catch the little play here. Before she ever embraced him in her arms, she embraced him in her heart. By faith. Everyone say, by faith. Now, listen carefully. We do the same thing. We'll talk about that in a moment. We embrace the Christ of Christmas by faith. And one day we'll embrace him in our arms. But until then, we embrace the Christ of Christmas by faith. Somebody say, by faith. In fact, if, and, and we're just going to hit some high points here. You know, she went to see Elizabeth. And you know, when the greeting came, the uh, uh, Elizabeth's baby, who was, by the way, who was Elizabeth's uh, baby? John the Baptist, you got it. And so when she greets uh, uh, Mary and Mary greets her, the baby leapt within her and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she began to speak the word of the Lord over Mary without any other insight. She had a revelation that Mary was bearing the Christ. And look at verse 45, what she says, blessed is she who believed. That's, that's Elizabeth talking about Mary. Blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now, uh, Elizabeth in her six-month state had a prophetic unction and anointing on her life, and she understood how it all happened. She said, blessed is, is are you that has believed. In other words, Elizabeth knew that Mary had conceived of the Holy Spirit by faith. And as you read through and you realize Elizabeth, you know what she did? She believed by faith as well. 
She had a faith in God and a faith and a trust in Christ. And in fact, uh, she embraced, she said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed. This woman was a woman of faith as well. How many of you could use uh, another level of faith in your life? Amen. She embraced the Christ that was yet to be born by faith. I think also of the shepherds. Now, I love the story of the shepherds. In fact, a couple of three years ago, uh, uh, Mary and Sam and, and, and Ryan and my wife and, and a couple of others, uh, Jeremy, uh, we were able to spend a little time there on what most theologians and, and people who have studied Israel know are the, very close to the hills where the angel appeared to the shepherds on that first Christmas morning. And it was very moving to my and especially to my wife as we embrace the Christ of Christmas in a whole new way. And you know the story in verse 8 of chapter 2. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to who? Everyone say all the people. And this will be a sign you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then you know, suddenly there was the angel in a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And then it says, so it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, now catch this, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this things, see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. You know what the shepherds did? They embraced the Christ of Christmas by faith. And how many of you know that's the same way we have to do? In fact, what did Peter say? I think it's in, in the first chapter of Peter, of first Peter or the first chapter of second Peter. He said, though having not seen him, yet we believe. And we rejoice with joy unspeakable and what? Full of glory. In other words, we have faith in the unseen. And that's the way it was even with the shepherds. You say, well, if I'd had angels singing to me, I would have kind of believed as well. Hey, we've got the word of God declaring this same thing to us. And we embrace the Christ of Christmas just like Mary did, just like Elizabeth did, just like the shepherds did. We embrace the Christ of Christmas by faith. And they said, let's go see this thing, this thing which these angels told us about, which has come to pass. It was their words of faith. And then you know the story, even in, as you move through Luke chapter 2, Simeon. Now Jesus was eight days old and they, they took him to the temple to be circumcised, as was the custom, as was the religious order of the day. And you know the story in Luke chapter 2 and verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he 
would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus uh, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. You know who Simeon was? He was a man of faith. And before he ever saw the Christ child, he had a promise from God that he would not face death until he held and beheld the Lord's Christ. How was God revealed? How did Simeon embrace the Christ of Christmas? He embraced him by faith. Mary embraced him by faith. Elizabeth embraced him by faith and the shepherds embraced him by faith and Simeon embraced him by faith. And then back up and think about Joseph. Now, how many of you have a little uh, greater respect for Joseph? Now, you got to understand, he began to realize that his wife-to-be was pregnant. Now, Matthew chapter 1 reveals the integrity of the man Joseph. And let me just say, I'm just reading between the lines. If Mary was the kind of woman of God that I just described to you a few moments ago, who I believe was so in tune in walking with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that the, that the manifestation of angels in her life was no big deal. If Gabriel showed up in, in her life and all her concern was, I don't understand what you're saying and I need to know what you're talking about, rather than... An angel, Gabriel. You understand, if she walked with God that way, how many of you know she wasn't marrying a doofus head? Now, that's just reading between the lines a little bit. And we see this in Matthew chapter 1 because it says in verse 18, Now, the birth of Jesus was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, there you go, an upright man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, everyone say, while he thought about these things. Now, this reveals the spirituality of Joseph. Because Joseph was not reactionary to the circumstances of his wife-to-be being pregnant. There was something about Joseph that made him think, I love her so much, I'm going to just hide her. I don't understand all this, and I'm reading between the lines, but I assume, I'm left to assume here, that Mary had told him uh, what the angel had told her, and he was trying to process all this, and he was pondering these things. And it says, while he thought about these things, in other words, he didn't react to the circumstance, he sat down and he began to ponder them, and he began to think, and I assume, again, that he's praying, what does all this mean? And while he's doing this, he falls asleep and he has a dream. And the dream, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him. 
And saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, marry your wife. For what, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, uh, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took him his and, and to him his and took to him his wife. And he did not know her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You know how Jason, uh, Joseph embraced the Christ of Christmas? By faith. He got the word of the Lord and he believed the word of the Lord. And I, and you can read between the lines here a little bit, but I'm telling you, he, he, uh, the angel quoted to him a prophetic verse from Isaiah about the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they'll call his name Emmanuel. How many of you know, if Joseph didn't know that prophecy, it'd be hard for the angel to have communicated that to him. He was confirming what Joseph already knew about the prophecy and about the coming Christ. And when he woke up from his dream, he got busy about obeying the word of the Lord. You see, Mary embraced the Christ of Christmas by faith. Elizabeth, her cousin, isn't it her cousin? Her cousin, older cousin, embraced the Christ of Christmas by faith. These shepherds who were just out watching their flocks by night and God chose. Listen, God will choose the simple things in life to reveal his greatest truth to. And he, sh he shared that with the shepherds and they believed what they heard from the angel. And Simeon, who had been standing in the gap for years, believing for the coming Christ. And of course, Joseph. They all embrace the Christ of Christmas by faith. And it's the same way with us. This holiday season, I want to encourage you to embrace the Christ of Christmas in a whole new level and begin to walk in faith in a whole new level. It should be the same way with us. There's people all over the world celebrating Christmas but have no faith in the Christ of Christmas. There's something quite wrong with that. And if we're going to celebrate, listen, we will not experience the joy of Christmas without having faith in the Christ of that first Christmas morning. Amen. So understand something about that. The Bible teaches us, number one, catch this, that we are born again by that same spirit of faith. We're born again of the spirit by faith. That's the only way we can embrace the Christ of Christmas is by faith. In fact, Romans 10, what does it say? It talks about us. If we believe, if we confess with our mouth Jesus as the Lord and believe there's faith in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we'll be what? We'll be saved. You see, we're born again of the Spirit by faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says that that, that very true. For by grace you are saved through what? Faith, and that is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. God gave us faith so we could be born again. And unless you're born again, you'll never be able to embrace the Christ of Christmas. Singing joy to the world will be hollow and shallow to you until you are born again of the Spirit of God. And you'll realize I belong to Him. He saved me. 
His name is Jesus and he'll be the Savior of the world. Listen, go back to the first prophecy I read to you. For unto us a child is born. He was born so we could be born again. Amen. You see, we're born again of the Spirit by that same Spirit of faith that was operating in Mary, operating in Elizabeth, operating in the shepherds, operating in Simeon, and undoubtedly operating in Joseph. The Bible teaches that we're born again of the Spirit by faith. Number two, the Bible teaches we are to live our lives on planet Earth by faith. We live our lives by faith, not by what we see with our natural eyes, but by faith. And the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Romans 1.17 says the just shall live by what? Faith. You see, if we're going to embrace the Christ of Christmas, we've got to begin to live a life of faith on planet earth. That's what brought him here in the first place. What if Mary had a doubted the word? She didn't doubt the word. Jesus was born and conceived in her womb because she had faith. Amen. We got to live our lives the same way. Uh, we're, the just shall live by faith. I love what Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 and 21 says. It says, the life I now live, Paul said, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How do I live? I live by faith. I don't live by what I see. I don't live by what I hear from this world and what's going on around me. I, I'm walking and living by faith. Listen, this Christmas, it ought to be that we live in our life by faith. Some of you are so so worried already about how on earth am I going to pay for this? How on earth am I going to... That's not what it's all about. We have faith in him and the finished work of Christ. He, hey, unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Amen. We have faith in that Christ child who came to us on that first Christmas morning. Amen. And I love what Hebrews 10, 38 says. He goes back to the theme of the just shall live by faith. He says, now the just shall live by faith. And if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. You know, I'm going to read between the lines there, but I've got a feeling what he's trying to say is we can begin this thing and we can begin a walk of faith, but somewhere along the way, for whatever reason, we draw back and we, we stop walking by faith and we start walking under some other governance and guidance in our life. Listen, this holiday season, we've got to embrace the Christ of Christmas and say, by faith, I'm going to live this life. I'm going to live by faith and not by what I see. I don't live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Amen. Somebody say amen. And then the Bible also teaches us, listen carefully, that each one of us is responsible for activating God's gift of faith in our life. You see, God gave us a gift of faith. I read it in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you're saved through faith, and that's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Faith is a gift. Everyone say faith is a gift. But we're responsible to activate activating that faith in our life. If you don't use it, someone said, you might lose it. And that's really true. If you don't walk in faith, you may atrophy in your faith and you'll become crippled in your spiritual walk. We've got to walk by faith and not by sight. And it's our responsibility to activate the faith that Christ has given us. In fact, I love what Mark eleven twenty three says. In fact, there's a lot there. He's talking about answered prayer. Uh, but he says this before he begins to talk about uh, praying and believing and God will answer our prayers, the first thing Jesus says to them is have faith in God. 
Look at, look at one or two people and just, hey, you want to point at somebody today? Just point at somebody and say, have faith in God. You got to smile when you say it. Have faith in God. Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, have faith in God. Josh, have faith in God. Now, again, that sounds to me like he gave me this gift of faith, but I've got to activate it. What was Jesus saying? You've got to trust God here. If you're going to get answered prayer, you've got to walk by faith. You've got to trust God. You've got to activate the faith that God has given you. Thank God that Mary activated the faith. Amen. Thank God that all these people who were key players on that first Christmas morning and in the, in the history of, of, the, of that first Christmas were actively walking in the faith that God had given them. The Bible also teaches us that our active faith provides us instant access into the blessings and benefits of God Almighty. Everyone play like you're holding a key. In fact, there's Josh. I actually has, here's, let me have my keys. I just, man, last Sunday, luckily I knew what I did. You know, it looks like the janitor's keys right there. Everything I've got's got a remote. Last Sunday, I got home, and Beverly and I were getting ready uh, to head out for the holidays. And uh, I said, I think I left my keys in the church on, under my chair. And so Rebecca went and found them later, and she put them where I... But how many of you know, it's hard to operate without the keys. Man, you just... Luckily, my wife has keys for everything I have keys for. Have you ever lost your keys? OMG, what are you going to do? Nothing. Nothing starts. Nothing opens. Faith is the key to access the blessings and favor and presence and purposes of God in your life. You cannot, hey, you can't get to heaven. You can't access heaven without faith. You can't access his provision without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the key. It's not a key. It's the key. You can't get to heaven. Everybody say, well, all roads lead to God. Yeah, they all do. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. But only the people who have confessed him as Christ the Lord prior to his return will make it into heaven. All roads lead to God. But some, after they meet God, they're going to go where they did not want to go. And if we have faith, the faith of that first Christmas morning, we can access him and we can access his person and presence in our life. We can embrace him by faith. Romans 5, 1 and 2. Let me just flip over there. I want to read the totality of it here. Romans chapter 5. I, I love what Paul the Apostle says in reference to our justification by faith. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified. Everyone say justified. That means just as if I'd never sinned. Therefore, having been justified by what? Faith. Not by good works, but by faith. Come on, somebody say it, by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're going to talk about the Prince of Peace, but listen, you can't have peace with God until you have faith in Him. 
Faith is the key. If you need wonderful counselor to show up in your life, you've got to have faith in the wonderful key. You've got to find the key and begin to use the key of faith to, get, to tap into the miraculous power of God in your life. If you need mighty God, you've got to have faith. We access all these things by faith. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12, in whom, speaking of Jesus, we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. Let me say it again. In whom, we're talking about Jesus, in whom we have boldness and access. Somebody say access. Oh, have you ever had backstage passes? Have you ever had direct access? I, I'll never forget years ago. I think, uh, there's, there's, uh, the Winbergs back there. Years ago, I, I, I had a friend who worked for Bill Gaither and Bill Gaither came and this was umpteen years ago and I had like five or six free passes to go here, the Gaither Trio in Beaumont and I, and we had backstage passes. Now, I thought there'd be 50,000 people had backstage passes and they can guarantee we went backstage and there's like five people back there with Bill. Now, whether you like Bill or not, it's irrelevant. But man, I'm sitting here with Bill. And Bill and his wife made a big difference in my daddy's life. Put him under conviction. He gave his life to Christ because of the, uh, the singing ministry of, of Bill and Gloria Gaither on a, on a big old album played on our, our uh, you remember those, what do you call them, stereos? Those little big piece of furniture. Now you can... You can put all that in a little square iPod. Uh, but back then, it was there, and that convicted my dad. He, he, he jumped up and ran out of the house, and I said, I got Bill Gaither. I got access. I'm telling him my story. By the way, he's a small fellow. And I told him my story, and he just smiled, and I thought, man, I got access. And you know how I got access? It was because of who I knew. Somebody I knew. Listen, if you know him, if you have faith in him, if you're born again by faith and you know Jesus, you've got direct access. And you can, the Bible says you can come boldly before the throne room of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help you in time of access. You can't, in time of need, you can't, you can't have that unless you have access. And you can't have access if you and I don't embrace the Christ of Christmas by faith, just like all these others that I've mentioned, and begin to walk in the faith that God has for you and reach out and touch him. I think of the woman with the issue of blood. She said, I know that if I just touch him, I'll be healed. She had never touched him before. Listen, she had spent all her money. She was out of options. She had been to all the doctors. But there was something on the inside of her that was faith. And she reached out without Jesus consciously knowing what was going on. And she touched him in faith. And pow, he said, somebody touched me. And the disciples said, Jesus, people, everybody's touching you. Everybody wants a piece of you, Jesus. No, somebody touched me. In a way, nobody else touched me. She touched me in faith. And because she did, she's got access. She was hip. We're no different. How do we access him? By faith.
Not by fear and doubt. Not by religious duty. But we access Him by faith. Listen, without an active faith, there's no access to the wonderful Counselor. Without an active faith, there's no access to mighty God. Without faith, there's no access to the everlasting Father. You'll deal with your daddy issues till you die unless you get up and begin to walk by faith and begin to trust Him as the Abba Father in your life. Whoo! You better not miss that one. You better not be at the mall next Sunday. You better not, you better not be at Luby's a little early the Sunday after that. Because we're going to talk about the Christ of Christmas. And as we begin to activate our faith and our countdown to Christmas, let's reach out and touch Him. Let's embrace the Christ of Christmas. You need healing today? You need help? You need hope? Reach out in faith. Come on now. That's how everybody else did it. Come on, some of you didn't really think just because you show up in church, God's going to go to work in your life. Well, I've been here three Sundays in a row. You'd think the Lord of glory would take notice. Like he was really impressed with your religious duty. Now you touch him in faith. If you need counsel, you need care and compassion, you've got to touch the everlasting Father in faith. If you need peace and protection from the storms of life, You've got to reach out and touch the Prince of Peace in faith. And when you do, you will gain access to the Christ, the Savior of the world, the wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And the Prince of Peace. Let's stand up together today. It's just a couple of minutes till noon. Let's pray a prayer of faith today. Let's take a moment. Let's don't miss this last little bit here. I'm going to ask you to just be patient here for the next couple of moments. Today, I don't want to assume that everyone here has been born again. It would be good and bad all at the same time. But with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never really made a commitment to Christ, today is your opportunity to access Him as the Savior by faith in Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, whether young or old, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, today, I want to give Him my life. I want to put my trust in Him. I want Him to be the Savior of my life. I want Him to be the Lord and the leader of my life. And I came in a desperate moment to find Him. And today I want to invite Him into my life. If that's you today, wherever you are in this room, if that's you and you've never really made a commitment to Christ, today you can say, Pastor, by faith, I want to tap into the access of God and tap into His benefits over my life. 
and become his child. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you today, lift your hand wherever you are and hold it really high so I can see it. If that's you, say, I want to know for sure that Jesus lives in my heart. Lift your hand. Anyone else, I see that hand. You can put it back down. Anyone else? you're here today and you can say pastor sam i know jesus christ has been the lord and the leader or the lord of my life in times past but as the scripture said i've drawn back and i've not really walked in faith i've not really activated my faith and as a result i'm walking by my natural level and my i'm walking by what i see rather than by faith and today i want to i want to activate my faith in the christ of christmas like never before I want to have faith in God. I want to begin to use the faith that He has for me and be able to access the benefits that He has for me. And today, I'm going to leave this place with a new understanding and a revelation that I can, I've got to activate the faith of God in my life. And today, I want to walk by faith and not by sight. If that's you today, and, 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 and this message was for you, and you've been challenged to really begin to activate the faith of God in your life, lift your hand wherever you are. God bless you today. God bless you today. All over this room, people's hands are going up. Today, we're going to pray together. And if you lifted up your hand for either one of those reasons, I want you as well as all of us to pray this prayer together. And let's invite the Christ of Christmas into our lives anew and afresh. I want everyone to say this out loud to God, very clearly to Him. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me on a cross. Thank you that you came to planet Earth to die for me I trust you today I trust what you've done for me that you're the savior of the world and that you came for me so I could be your child I give my life to you Lord I submit my life to you be the governor of my life be the leader of my life be the Lord of my life and I thank you Lord that you rose again so I could have new life. I embrace you today as my Savior. I embrace you today as my Lord. And from this moment forward, I am your child, not because of what I've done, but because of who you are and what you've done for me. I believe. I believe. I believe in you today.